Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy Theory Test. I'm Karen. And I'm Yvonne, and you're very welcome back to the Conspiracy Theory Test. After our hiatus, we're hitting you with a bang. Yes, absolutely. Little, little, uh, life, life finds a way, as <laughs> Jeff Goldblum would say. Life finds a way to disrupt you. Yes. Is, is what we would say. <laughs> That's the actual phrase, yeah. <laughs> life finds a way to get in your way. <laughs> I'm just going to call it, it was just a Christmas break. A long, uh, elongated Christmas break. We just isolated ourselves. We just locked yeah. ourselves down. We were just like, nah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I was still hibernating and storing fat. And now I'm ready for the spring. I am still storing fat and may <laughs> never stop. Who knows? I'm emerging from this chrysalis. Simply a more big but caterpillar. Butter caterpillar. Butter, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> a slip. Can you can you tell we haven't done this in a while? <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of just flexing and warming up now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Van, how have you been? Oh, great. Still no driving license. But no! <laughs> come here. The world is ending still, so you might not need it. You'll be all right. I know. Yeah, exactly. Actually, there's plenty of time in the apocalypse to learn how to drive, and I don't know if they're going to be doing traffic checks, so it's, I'll be fine. <laughs> you won't even need a license now. A few more weeks. Yeah. Everybody will do whatever they want, apparently. Where we're going, you don't need licenses. <laughs> hey, or roads. Yeah. How have you been, Karen? I've not been too bad. I've been out and about socializing making up know. for last time seeing people make, make it up for last time a little too well i think yeah yeah the <laughs> pandemic aged me and then the, all the socializing has aged me further <laughs> you're socializing like you're in your 20s Do you know, i'm just gonna say that i am the just, last couple of years doesn't count yeah they, they actually don't they're fine but if, no. if you can't have seen people in that time then it doesn't count as last time not at all exactly exactly so i'm living my best life good good absolutely and we have yeah we'll have really little housekeeping for you because of the hiatus it's kind of more of a clean slate jobby so we'll be yes. back with our polls and all the rest next week but in the meantime the only bit of excitement is that the last word of bingo is going to come up today so listen out for us uh message us in with us and then you could be on Woohoo! yeah talking about conspiracies giving us an conspiracy giving us jip you could come on and abuse us it'd be great i'd rather you didn't though to be fair i'm very <laughs> uh my self-esteem isn't great the best of times so please don't give me abuse thanks <laughs> you can give me abuse keep me on my feet should <laughs> <laughs> that's what laura does anyway exactly <laughs> <laughs> now you can do it too <laughs> come on down and see your prize yeah. <laughs> so karen i think you're in first this week i am dipping my toe back in with a little shorty but i think it's a good one. Oh, great it's actually a nice mix there because i've got a little bit of a deep dive Ooh, all right we love a deep dive right so van my sources this week are onlinelibrary.wiley.com, telegraph.co.uk, Wikipedia, as usual, California University, the pressscholarship.com, and urbandictionary.com. And I want to talk to you about black helicopters. I've never heard anything about black helicopters. I'm intrigued. Have you ever seen one? No, I don't think so. Well, I'll tell you who did see one. On the 7th of May in 1994, in Harahan, Louisiana, a young boy 
saw a black helicopter. But more than that, he was pursued by one for 45 <laughs> minutes. That is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and the reason, the reason for it, nobody knows. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows. Nobody knows why a black helicopter followed a young boy for 45 minutes. It just sounds so bad, doesn't it? <laughs> but surely that was a very slow chase. <laughs> yeah, but he was a child. Like, how fast can a child run? <laughs> but why couldn't they catch him instantly? <laughs> like, oh, wait, maybe a land. <laughs> I don't know. Imagine that, though. Just 1994, you're, you're hanging out with your Tamagotchi and your push pop. <laughs> your little hard candies. You know, Paula Abdul is in the charts. Life is good. <laughs> Everything's so simple. <laughs> Everything's so simple. And out of nowhere, a black helicopter. So this helicopter, as I said, completely black, like no like markings to say whether it's for like to state whether it's a police chopper or an army helicopter or whatever. So if that wasn't scary enough, right, the occupiers of the helicopter actually descended with weapons and pointed them at the kid. <laughs> is this actually just E.T.? Uh, I don't know. Imagine it's like you haven't fed your Tamagotchi today, kid. <laughs> your mom told you to eat carrots. <laughs> <laughs> did you or did you not make your bed today? <laughs> what age did you say this child is? It just is young boy. Also, sorry, a lot of this is taken from my the conspiracy book by by Jamie uh, King, conspiracy theory. So it doesn't say. It just says a young boy. It doesn't spe- uh, like specify the age, right? So they descend and then the weapons kind of pointed at him. And then kind of they disperse after that. But the police chief of the area at the time, he claimed that the aircraft were part of the US government and like the jurisdiction, the situation completely out of his control. Wow. Yeah, right. So then we fast forward seven days to Washington, D.C., right? And then a group of people had a similar experience, namely being followed by an unmarked black helicopter for several miles. Right. So then the driver of the car tried to get off a main road. Right. And when he did that, a rope ladder drops down from the chopper and men in black uniforms come down once more bearing weapons. Actually like a movie. Actually like a movie. Right. So the occupants of the car obviously were completely perilous. um, But then they were also blessed because the volume of traffic on, on the road forced the helicopters to retreat then in the end as well. It's insane that all this is happening. Like, we're not actually debating if this happened or not. No, no, no. Like, the, these, this is the facts are these. Uh, That's insane. Uh, yeah, right. So, this is actually a thing that happened. So, then we moved. So, that was kind of in 1994. We moved to 1995 then, right? So, there's a couple who live on a farm in Nevada and they spot a black helicopter fly over their property spraying an unknown substance. Are we getting into chemtrail territory? I think we might be because then this leads to the death of dozens of their animals and severe damage to their surrounding vegetation. And again, officials, official authorities denied any knowledge of the helicopters at the time. So I again, it's a bit weird though, isn't it? That it's um, there's no they're, they're not even saying like oh it was a military exercise. It was you know in in military property or military area. It's not. It's rural areas or you know suburban areas or areas where people are living and no one's taking responsibility for these helicopters no so as i said there's constant evidence but in non-military set settings targeting regular civilians and that's to me that's the weirdest bit but the whole thing is like why are you targeting ordinary people and actively they're actively pursuing these or like it's not like it's an accident do you know no not at all like 
So then occupants of the helicopters as well, they have no interest in keeping the peace. Do you know that as well? Like, it's not as if they're like, oh, we're just on a little fact finding recon thing. It's like they're a little, they strike me as somebody who's a little trigger happy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've really no, they don't care about collateral damage at all. They'll just go for whatever. Exactly. March 1999 had several sightings of black helicopters in the Pittsburgh area, many within the space of half an hour. And one copter in particular hovers over the same residential area for five minutes before leaving and then returns to the same area to do the exact same thing every day for the next three weeks. What? Keeps coming back? To the same area in Pittsburgh and hovering five minutes at a time fucking off i wonder Excuse if it happens at the same time every day so there was no explanation given at all as to why this is happening and if you want to get a photo of these black choppers you got to be really careful because people have been tried before have tried before to get photos of them they've been accosted by men in black uniforms and told to leave immediately and tell nobody what they saw and their cameras and film were confiscated <laughs> but what happens when these people do tell everyone what they saw i don't know i did like this is literally pretty much all the information that i have right bizarre so apparently the concept right of black and this is kind of from the telegraph black or unmarked helicopters has became uh popular in the american militia movement and it's associated in the associated political circles so it's an alleged symbol and warning sign of a military takeover or part of all of the United States. So again, like rumors would circulate that the United Nations patrolled the US with black helicopters or that federal agency used black helicopters to enforce wildlife laws. And in Britain, a similar conspiracy theory known as phantom copters was reported or has been reported upon since the mid seventies. Same kind of things have been happening more sporadically in Britain since the seventies. Yeah, absolutely. So again, according to Wikipedia, stories of black helicopters first appeared in the 1970s and they were were linked to reports of cattle mutilation. Oh. Absolutely. Like, there's just loads of stuff about it. Um, Again, some organizations and government agencies then that are known to operate black and or unmarked helicopters in the United States for unclassified uses, U.S., Customs and Border Patrol, uh, like the UH-60 Black Hawk, uh, US Army's 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiments, also known to use this, um, Air America, which is a former dummy corporation airline covertly operated on behalf of the CIA under the cover of a private commercial venture. Um, they conducted test flights of two highly modified Black Hughes OH-6 Cayuse helicopters. They sound um, like a conspiracy theory all of their own. Absolutely. Many defense contractors uh, use them as well. Uh, and again, many US law enforcement agencies. But it, like, but if it's if it's a military thing, why are you targeting a child, targeting a group of people in a car in Washington? And why are you targeting a couple on the couple on the farm? Fair enough. If it's about cattle mutilation and vegetation or whatever. Okay, the couple and the, the thing makes sense a little bit, but the kid and the people in the car does not like add up to me at all. That's the weird part. That's uh, like, it, it couldn't be any of those organizations because it's just targeting civilians at random. Yeah, absolutely. And again, then some people say it's part of the New World Order. 
So, yeah, absolutely. And again, the new world order theory claimed to provide an overarching, uh, overarching explanation for contemporary politics by fitting all events into a single scenario. A diabolically clever and unscrupulous secret organization was in the process of seizing control around the world. But seizing control by pointing guns at children. Right. So <laughs> then, right, if we if we're going to like talk about more recently, during at the start of the pandemic, obviously, when there was loads of stuff going around and conspiracies and all the rest of it, um, there was a rumor circulating in Wuhan, the origin of the, the coronavirus, that um, Navy airplanes were beginning to spray. They were actually they were beginning to spray disinfectant in in Wuhan. But a lot of people thought that it wasn't disinfectant or that there was something else um, that like helicopters were spraying something dangerous to protect people. Um, and then sometimes specifically black helicopter copters like don't appear randomly. They state that, you know, they were spraying something suspicious and it can be chased to Hong Kong. And so during the Hong Kong protests a few years back, there was black helicopters allegedly spraying the crowds with something that would subdue them. Oh, it's not that there's like been distrust since the very start of the pandemic. Exactly. And then like that in, in areas like, you know, ironically, like Russia and Ukraine at the start of their pandemic, they, they, people were like, well, what are they spraying? And they were like, oh, it's disinfectant, you know, but the actual term black helicopter is used as a, as a, as a way of talking about conspiracy theories. So the no way. Yeah. The urban dictionary then basically uh, black heli- so this is from Urban Dictionary black helicopters are part of a conspiracy theory that claims that special silent running black helicopters are used by secret agents of the New World Order United Nations troops preparing to invade the United States of America and or men in black uh, parapsychologist John Keel has argued that this theory has similar origins to those regarding UFOs, ghosts and fairies that they are part of a modern mythology and in this case representing a fear of the government and its technologies so basically you can oh, like so in short any far-fetched theory concerning any government or other conspiracy can be espoused by either those of right or left-wing persuasions. So the example they give that Noam Chomsky's theory about soap operas being geared to lure women from politics sure is a black helicopter theory. Right, so it's like saying it's a bit tinfoil hat. You could just as easily yes. say it's a bit black helicopter. It's a bit black helicopter for me. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, but the merch. I, oh, the merch, <laughs> but also... What if it is actually Men in Black? What if Will Smith was trying to tell us something? What if it was a documentary? What if that was a documentary? <laughs> I mean, it's right there in the sun. But yo, we ain't on no government list. We straight don't exist. No names and no fingerprints. Saw something strange. Watch your back because you never quite know where the MIB is at. Ooh, and here come the Men in Black. Galaxy Defenders? Oh, we presumed it was about their uniforms, but it was in fact... They're in black. They're in black. I think we need to hover on this before we land on a proper conclusion. (laughs) You propelled your way through this theory nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Don't press the uh, seat eject button on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Is that who you think it is, the men in black? I think think it's a CI. I think it's a covert government thing, but it's frightening if it is because it's not in army airspace it's in residential airspace yeah not even barely in airspace it's like, yeah it's like barely in airspace just like oh my god traffic on the m50 today was a nightmare there was like black <laughs> so annoying 
<laughs> Guaranteed you wouldn't do. You'd be too annoyed to see Imagine, the bizarrity of us. Do you know what, though? I think that a black helicopter would see the red cow roundabout and be like, nah, forget it, I'm out. God. <laughs> Not even worth it. Thank you. <laughs> Can I have a lift off the M50? <laughs> oh, that would be anywhere. ideal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you have weapons. <laughs> Get <Yeah>. home. <laughs> Depends on yeah. which side of the commuter on you'd be like, you know what, good. <laughs> exit seven. It's always exit seven off the M50. So that what is, do you think? That is bizarre. Yeah, well, like it's hard to say if I believe it or not because it's happening. Like this but is confirmed. Again, like it hasn't happened in a while, right? So the Hong Kong protesting, yeah, like that you can kind of debunk that. You can debunk the the spraying of disinfectant, but the stuff in the nineties is a bit sus. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going near the the COVID related stuff. I think that's fine. I'd say that is disinfectant, but yeah, the nineties stuff is mental yeah. i kind of half believe i don't i don't know if it's the cia because i still don't understand the motive me neither it's, <laughs> it's control it's control it's kind of keeping civilians on their feet with a, <laughs> with a i would love joke. to know who that i would love to know who that kid is i bet you he grew up to be ted cruz <laughs> <laughs> and you, that young man became Donald Trump Jr. That's a perfect explanation. <laughs> he has the air of someone who had a weapon pointed at him at a young age. He is a he is a weapon. Yeah, <laughs> that was absolutely bizarre. I enjoyed it immensely. Great way to get back to it, I think for sure. Yeah, with a little like a cliffhanger of an ending, just like no one knows. No one knows. Keep your eyes on the skies, my friends. <laughs> yeah, robots in disguise. Robots in disguise. That was absolutely mental. That was a really good teaser to get back in because I just there's gonna be no answer <laughs> unless you look hard enough. But don't take a photo. But yeah, <laughs> and that's the other thing that you can tell people, but even though they say not to tell people. But then I, it's just like they, the, the guys in, that came down from the chopper didn't seem to identify themselves either. Like, yeah. so it wasn't like, oh, we're from such and such an agency. Do not take a photo of us. It was give me your camera now. Yeah. <laughs> Going on the offensive. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my that's my bad side. How dare you? Yeah, exactly. It's just going up now. Because <laughs> oh, stop. I don't tag me in that. No. <laughs> Black is supposed to be slimming. <laughs> I'd get the other way until the person just stopped taking photos. I'd be like, no, take another one and another one. Let me see that one. No, you'll have to take it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Handy enough out. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely bizarre. Really surreal, Karen. Thank you for making me feel so uneasy first thing on a Sunday morning. (laughs) You're so welcome. (laughs) But Karen, I've got one for you now. And our, our theories, actually, our teams don't overlap this week. Oh, for a change. It's been yeah. too long. Yeah, we're mi- yeah, exactly right, I think. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it'll mix things up and it'll kind of maybe, actually, it's equally dark, so it's not going to quell that feeling of unease that's in my stomach now. <laughs> we're, we're going down um, memory lane. We're going for a bit of nostalgia. Oh. And uh, as always, I'm hot on the heels of recent trends. It's only been, what, six months since the Friends reunion? <laughs> <laughs> yes that i ha- actually still haven't watched have you not no uh it's kind of like i don't know if i recommend i watched this. the harry potter one the harry potter one made me cry harry potter one was way better 
yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so so I, I will watch the levels. Friends one eventually. I will. But... but don't expect the like feel good or good production levels of the Harry Potter one. That's Fair. all I'm going to say. Fair. But I'm going to ask you about Friends. What about the one where it's all a shared delusion? What? <laughs> one where it's all a shared delusion. Exactly. This is an alternative fan theory. Oh, it, okay. It's whopper and it's dark. And actually, I'm going to go in by saying that there's a bit of a trigger warning for um, mental health stuff and for not being a psychologist and still bandying around diagnosis. So take everything you hear now with a pinch of salt. And my sources are Science ABC, Mental Floss, Good old Wikipedia, NME, and St. Patrick's.ie. Okay. So start with a bit of background in case anyone's been living under a rock since 1994 and refuses to take anything in. <laughs> I'm not going in thinking that anyone hasn't heard of Friends, but I wonder if some of our younger listeners know the exact cultural scope of us because it it was all encompassing for about 10 years it was like the only thing that was on telly like because before like streaming services and stuff like i didn't like i didn't have the disney channel i was one of those kids probably explains a lot about me now (laughs) (laughs) ah that's why she's like that okay uh but yeah it was just it was always on like rt had it on channel four had it on e4 had it on it was just always always on like you used to just watch it after school and stuff like yeah for hours hours and people would rewatch repeats no problem like people could recite the whole thing everyone from our generation and up can recite yeah. the whole thing yeah absolutely but so first aired on september 22nd 1994 and ran for an impressive 10 seasons before ending on may 6th 2004 and the thing about show is that it was a relatively basic sitcom with an even simpler concept. It's just six friends navigating a decade of their adulthood in New York City. But its lack of gimmicks didn't hinder the show's success. And it's safe to say that it became possibly the most significant sitcom of all time. I don't know if that's an overstatement, but... Well, but at the time, yeah, I think I think it was. Because if you think about it, what else was was on the air at that time then was Seinfeld, which was would have been would have went over airheads a little bit. Like, I, yeah. just because we would have been relatively young obviously when we started watching it or people like you know a little bit older than us and stuff and then what was it the only ones that I can think of were like Seinfeld Frasier which again you know um, not ideal for that kind of age group and then like like Will and Grace maybe which again was a solid kind of thing but yeah I think it was it was different definitely definitely different I think it was I think I don't think it's too much of an overreach like would it would it would it hit those heights today if it aired, no, absolutely not. No, there'd be too much choice now. Yeah. Absolutely. And too many have followed in its footsteps that are similar. But you're dead right that it appealed to everyone because that's the difference between us and Seinfeld or Frasier. They're not to everyone's taste, but everyone yeah. liked Friends. Like it was the way I describe it is that it was on kids' pencil cases. Like what, what yeah. other adult sitcom is watched by primary school kids? absolutely yeah i had i had all the friends like i had that friend's friends case i know exactly the one that you're talking about it's like orange had all them eating ice cream on it yeah yeah exactly yeah, yes yeah, yeah. the sundays yeah <laughs> yes absolutely like yeah yeah totally had and yeah it was just so like 
and it's as because the more you watch it then like kind of similar with the simpsons the more you watch it the, the more you're like oh i get that joke now yeah you know? yeah grew up with it yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah yeah it would be on when you were little and you just let it wash over you it'd be grand absolutely so it was huge at the time it, for its course it was nominated for 62 primetime emmy awards and it won six it consistently ranked within the top television top te- 10 television ratings with every season having at least 29 million viewers that's the least it would have i think it went up to 50 something okay Strangely, the viewership rose by 17% following the September 11th attacks. I don't have a reason for that. It's just a bizarre fact. <laughs> it's, co- it's a comfort show. It's comfort television. Comfort, yes, yes. I'd I say think so. so. My theory had been that it was like just the quintessential American show. and that people I know were... they had to rewrite the whole and reshoot the whole Monica and Chandler honeymoon episode. Oh really? Are the towers in the background or something for that? How have you not heard about this? The ba- the whole premise of the episode is that Chandler makes a joke about having a bomb oh. in his luggage. <laughs> oh my god! The TSA like haul them off and like into like I think the whole I and I only saw this now maybe like two or three years ago. I saw the like the delete clip or whatever, and the whole gag is that like I don't even think they get going on their honeymoon or something like that. Like, um. It's something like he says something like, oh, well, I keep my bombs, blah, blah, blah. And the TSA are like, What's, you know, and like that, because that aired around, you know, the September 11th attack, they had to reshoot the whole episode. Like, that is, I love that bit of trivia now. <laughs> I didn't know that at all. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Try and look up the delete scene if you can. I don't know how easy it will be to find it, given what it is about. But yeah, yeah I'll have a look. Did they have to take the twin towers out of some of the skyline shots as well or was that I'd a different show maybe i know spider-man 2 came out or was delayed coming out because there was a lot of that footage or no actually sorry the og toby Maguire spider-man i think that was delayed coming out or like that they had to go back and take a lot of the, the terror stuff out of it like that's gas because i mean how often were friends episodes set on planes before this i know they'd gone on on trips but maybe yeah, once yeah. twice and, and you'd be like oh this is the most unlucky thing but they do mention <laughs> it briefly after like when when after like the london episodes when they were like oh there's a bit be- there's a hub but remember joey is trying to find the beard they had in london and i think like monica or something says like, oh they have the, the pub by the tower has those oh no way okay that's mad i can't remember my own pin number but i can remember this crap <laughs> exactly I can't remember what I had for breakfast (laughs) can I remember this absolutely it's so weird you remember every line of dialogue I'd say where was this brain during my leaving certificate still remembering friends episodes (laughs) (laughs) I watched friends more than I studied that might have been it as well (laughs) never mind (laughs) it was the same don't worry (laughs) yes but get this Karen the show continues to generate an estimated one billion dollars a year for one Warner Brothers that is insane. It is. It's, but it is. It's still on all the time. If you look yeah, at channels, yeah. it's insane. So the cultural significance can't be underestimated at all. And then, so obviously, because it was the precipice of pop culture at the time, it had so many heat debates, like the break debacle. Don't know where you fall on that. Porsche or Porsche. Are leather pants <laughs> ever a good idea? But one question isn't asked nearly enough, in my opinion. And that is, why are six young, affluent adults living in the most exciting city in the world so damn boring? 
<laughs> Is that harsh? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Think about it, Karen. Right. The excitement of their surroundings and their seemingly endless free time and resources, because they've time to sit around in that coffee shop. They never really seem rushing to work. And also, like all sitcoms set in New York, they have an unexplainable amount of wealth. Oh, yeah. Even for the 90s. Yeah, I know housing was a bit easier then, but living alone in your early 20s in a city. It's the only way to do that in Dublin is in a box, cardboard box. Exactly, yeah. You don't, <laughs> you don't want to live alone in your car. That's in your car. Place. But I remember that when I started like getting towards the ages that they were, I was like, I feel like somebody lied. I feel like somebody missold me something here, friends. <laughs> yeah, I remember my sister pointed out to me, actually, one of the episodes. Um, it's one of the ones where Chandler's in his office. She was like, he's in his early 20s and he has an office to himself. That just wouldn't happen. No, ever. <laughs> Ever. Being a little cubicle. <laughs> but so even, even though they've that much money, they indulge in really sheltered routines and a really narrow list of activities. And their list of close friends is even smaller. Yeah. They just seem to slump from one apartment to the other, occasionally braving the outdoors to get coffee. But that's provided they can access the same coffee shop and the same exact spot every time there's loads of introverts listening to this now like how dare you judge my <laughs> do you life? feel seen <laughs> i know that's all anyone could do for the last two years but pandemic yes! stuff <laughs> how dare you judge my walks and coffees <laughs> but look we need to do an honorable mention here for an extra theory ooh, and that is the gunter theory okay r.i.p <laughs> oh yeah yeah Aww, R.I.P. That. great character so the question is oh, how did they always seem to get the same the prime spot in the coffee shop every single time and apparently the theory is that because of a decade-long fixation on Rachel Gunther had us constantly reserved for the group. I was about to say there was a reserve sign in some of the earlier seasons. There is a little reserve sign on is the coffee there? table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you've proved that little side theory. That's perfect. Bam. <laughs> I need you to prove the next one too. It's going to be harder. Okay. All right. <laughs> so most other sitcoms think about Cheers. Um, they take place, or How I Met Your Mother. They take place in a bar because they are young adults. And that yes. seems to be where they would. And the ones that don't take place in bars, like King of Queens and Everybody Loves Raymond, can be explained by being based on a family structure. Yeah. So why is Friends set in a bar? It's because it's set in a psychiatric hospital. Ah! <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm hooked. Reel me in, reel me in. So this explains the group's limited destinations. Right. A group of patients may have limited stimulation, apart from spending time in each other's rooms, a.k.a. the apartments. Oh, my God. Or the canteen, which they have imagined to be a New York coffee shop. So is it 
that six inpatients bonded over a shared lack of acceptance over their circumstances and then fabricated a fantasy world loosely based on their reality. Oh my gosh, that is actually, I never, I've never heard this theory. Oh, it's a fun one, yeah. That is very fun. That is mad and kind of plausible. But see, it brings me down another rabbit hole because then I had to start looking at psych papers to see if you could diagnose them. Right. At first, it seems impossible because the show centers around six distinctly average people. (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm coming for them in this episode. You're calling 90s Jennifer Aniston distinctly average. How dare you? (laughs) First of all, only in personality. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Right. (laughs) But in everything else, she's a 10. (laughs) But as soon as you start, peeling back the layers even slightly Karen it becomes Mm. very apparent that the group is one giant ball of neurosis and insecurities and the theory becomes more plausible what group of friends is not that at this point (laughs) like look at you and I Ivan like what we're born out of a pandemic and a recession these I don't know I I was pretty neurotic before that like let's be honest I was pretty neurotic before that yeah but adults in the 90s weren't they were they were having to crack loads of money around loads of jobs it was great housing that didn't cost your whole life they were they should have been more fun (laughs) okay (laughs) i love that you're just basing on this as if they were shit crack yeah and the only way that the only explanation i can come up with is that they're in a uh, a psychiatric unit they should be thanking me i've given them some edge much needed edge (laughs) apparently So we're going to start easy. Monica. According to Science ABC, Monica's perfectionism can border on obsessive compulsive disorder. Obsessives involve a need for everything to be in perfect order, while compulsions often involve excessive cleaning. Such individuals cannot control their thoughts and need to have this itch fulfilled. This gets a little bit grimmer, right? So trigger warning for disordered eating. And uh, maybe skip on a yeah. few seconds. Other su- sources have suggested that Monica may be recovering from an eating disorder. Flashbacks show a much more relaxed, spontaneous Monica in her teenage years. But regardless of the situation, our perspective is always drawn to Monica's weight. And that suggests to me that we're seeing it through Monica's lens and possibly an unreliable narrator. Her obsessive need to control her environment only seems to arise after an extreme weight loss regime. And an article on stpatricks.ie states that rigid thinking, perfectionism and a need for control characterizes anorexia. And there's loads written about this. There's loads of things that are like articles that are basically uh, letters of appreciation for young Monica. She is way better. Yeah. Definitely. So then Chandler uses humor to hide the childhood trauma of his parents' divorce and his mother's overtly sexual nature. Do you remember she's a famous erotic novel author? Yes. Yeah, that checks out as well. Yeah. And then the dad, yeah, being a drag queen and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, that it was really tumultuous. And because of this, he repressed his childhood trauma and he developed a fearful avoidant attachment style and an Oedipal complex. And this is where it gets kind of interesting, Karen. This theory is strengthened by the opening scene of the very first episode. 
So this is the show's debut. What are they going to have the first lines ever of dialogue to introduce it to the world? And it's a dream that Chandler had. Oh, about his mom. Ringing a phone that has replaced his genitals. Yeah, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not that, what is it? It could, could it be a group therapy session? Why is he explaining this dream so in depth? That's unreal. Oh my God. Again, would never have thought about it like that. Sinks in nicely. Sure does. So Rachel's a classic narcissist. Feelings of grandiosity and inflated ego, preoccupation with one's appearance and a sense of entitlement are all symptoms of narcissism. And there's even an alternative theory that the entire lifespan of the show is actually a fantasy that Rachel has right before her wedding, wherein she can live out a more fulfilling life. Oh, wow. This is so interesting. It's mad. There's so many theories to it. So that other one, right, is actually that that she had a dream the night before her wedding brought on by anxiety. And that's the whole of Friends is that dream. And then she wakes up and either leaves Barry or um, marries him doesn't really matter what happens after that but this one was sparked because the cover of the fourth seasons dvd is all of the characters on a bed and yeah. rachel is the only one with her eyes awake eyes <gasps> open ah that it, is like that is very cool I it have is to say. i'm digging this one. i'm digging this now I think what makes it is that there's so many other theories i'm not even going to get into like a fraction of them some of them are great yeah these are all very interesting though they're fun ones and i'm asking what if that theory intersects with the theory we're dealing with here so rachel's narcissism is hinted at when she walks out of her wedding because she feels entitled to something more but she feels entitled to something more despite having previously reached no independent milestones so she has no work experience credit cards funded by her parents but still feels like she should have a more fulfilling life. So could the pressure of her upcoming nuptials have caused an underlying personality disorder to bubble over, resulting in the need to be committed to hospital? Yes, absolutely. And would it also make sense if she had fabricated her relationship with Monica as a coping mechanism upon arriving to the group therapy session? Because otherwise, it's hard to believe that even at the height of desperation, you could show up unannounced to stay indefinitely with a friend whom you weren't even close enough to invite to your wedding. Oh, yeah. Ah, it's all checking out. It's all coming together. <laughs> the next one actually includes another little offshoot theory. They're coming at you all over the place. So many. There's so many. <laughs> so Ross and uh He's one with a loss on him. So he seems to be suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome following his tumultuous divorce. His introverted personality type coupled with open hostility from his ex-wife and her current partner leads him receiving a raw deal in the divorce, which sometimes borders on abuse. She keeps the majority of their belongings. Their child takes her partner's surname and Oof. they... Yeah, that's a blow, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, even if it had taken uh, Carol's, like Jesus. <laughs> and they even mock him by referring to him as the sperm guy when Carol is pregnant. Oh, no. So this seems to have messed him up entirely. The hostility seems to result in an overt fixation on Carol's sexual orientation. And Ooh. this 
manifests itself in the masculine overtones of Ross's parenting style. Do you remember when he refused to allow Ben to play with dolls? Yes. Even though he played with them in his own use? Or he refused oh. to hire an accomplished and competent male nanny? So these these kind of theories are filling in the plot holes a little bit as well. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That they come back and they kind of, when you look at it back again, it explains everything. Wow. So are you ready for another alternative theory? Hear me with it. A possible explanation for Ben's disappearance has been offered by fans because he had such brief appearances in the first seasons, but then completely disappeared in the eighth season. And fans suggest that he's actually taken away from Ross due to the deterioration of his behaviour. Oh, this is getting dark now. (laughs) Yeah, this does get quite dark. So do you remember Ross becomes more and more erotic around the eighth season he has a violent outburst at work he romantically pursues his cousin which is a whole kettle of fish and so the theory is that because of this erratic behavior he has access denied to his son so could that tie in again to the hospital theory could the reason for of (laughs) course i'm fully on with this now yeah i think it makes more sense but Maybe Ben's limited appearance in the first seasons are because he's actually attending supervised visits. And it would make sense to following angry outbursts and inappropriate sexual behaviour that these visits were ceased when it became apparent that Ross was not recovering. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is... Uh, Ivan, I'm just going to say you've won this week. <laughs> I'm just going to say you've won this week. 100%. Uh- it continues. It gets more deep again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, we're taking a little lighthearted break here because Joey's the, by far the most relaxed member of the group and possibly the hardest to diagnose. OK. But what I read described him as a classic womanizer and quite possibly a sex addict. He also displays some narcissistic tendencies and delusions of grandeur, believing himself to be an accomplished actor, despite very little evidence of this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And then, of course, the easiest one to diagnose after the hardest one is Phoebe. She's the most complex character. Mm-hmm. With her tragic childhood possibly making her the most vulnerable of the group to mental health issues. It'd be really surprising if she wasn't after her history. It's really strange yeah. that she's totally a fine functioning adult in this group. So Science ABC suggests that although not an intense, as intense as a full diagnosis of schizophrenia, Phoebe does have schizotypal personality disorder. Okay, that checks out. Doesn't it? Yes. The symptoms are unusual beliefs and perceptions, illogical ideas, minor hallucinations, strange emotional responses and memory problems. She sometimes forgets when she repeats something that someone said, hallucinates that her mother's dead soul is in a cat, feels like an old lady's soul is trapped inside her. And she also finds it hard to distinguish between real life and dreams, holding a grudge against Ross for his wrongdoing in her dream. Yep, that totally checks out also. <laughs> yeah, they're just a ball of messed up characters, really. <laughs> that is a deadly theory. And when you watch it through that lens, the show becomes very claustrophobic. Like they, yeah, it's a bit like Ooh, you feel a bit uncomfortable then. Yeah, watching it. And like all they do is while away hours. Kind of yeah. they they play that ball throwing game for ages. Yeah, they 
I have that quiz, which I have a theory that because you've the one where they switch apart. Oh, oh, the, the, oh, yeah, the infamous one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be really? It's all fun and games until you've got a leak or something and you're not actually on the lease. Like it would be fairly hazardous to swap yeah. apartments. So were they actually having a room move in an institution, which is more likely, and this is their way of fabricating some autonomy over us? I will never look at this show <laughs> the same way again. Do you know what you've else? You've simultaneously blown my mind and ruined my childhood. What? <laughs> I've ruined this and made it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this why the group are so hostile to outsiders? Ah, yeah, yes, of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> and I think that it makes the most sense for why they're so cruel to Janice. Oh, yeah. Because she's perfectly nice. She's a grand partner. What if she's not a partner? What if she's actually a psychologist or carer for Chandler? Oh, that's good. Yvonne, this is amazing. <laughs> So that's kind of the end of it now. What I'm going to ask you what you think. I fully believe it. I fully believe it. I mean, it's so good. I mean, it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It'd be very, like, I don't think that's what the goal was with the show, but absolutely, like, of course that's what it is. Jesus. Feels knocked nice it out one. of the park. Yeah. Now, one disclaimer is that, so there's another theory that Phoebe's actually never been part of the group. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, I've heard that one already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that she's actually just been watching them through the window and the group constantly say things like oh that crazy lady's watching yeah. us again martha kaufman hated that theory and thought, thought that uh, if the person needed to get a life so i'd say she wouldn't be a fan of this one either she'd be like really you, you spent all that time on that i don't care martha <laughs> kaufman right we've cracked your code <laughs> yes so stupid so you're all welcome for your nostalgia being ruined <laughs> absolutely and if you if you want to complain about it if you want to get in touch with us uh check out the conspiracy theory test.com and you'll find links to all our social medias there uh you can get in touch we're always open to suggestions and ideas or just want to say hello how's it going always welcome to that as well so follow us on instagram twitter um listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, acast or anywhere that you like getting your podcast for free check us out Perfect. Thanks, Karen. And thanks everyone for listening. And we'll see you much sooner next time. Next time. Have a good one, guys, and stay safe. Thank you.